Welcome to Treknopod, a short-form podcast hosted by two dads who love to talk Trek. I'm Captain Schaff, and with me each week, side-by-side in our co-captain's chairs on the bridge of the USS Treknological is Captain Vactor. How are you, Vactor? I'm doing very well, Schaff. How are you? Woo! I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be back recording. We took our, our hiatus, and we're back super-duper strong. Uh, for those that are coming back after, uh, you know, enjoying your our break as well, you know, taking a break from everything, we were Trechnological, now we're Trechnopod. Same great podcast, just a new name uh, and, uh, and a new focus for the new year. So uh, here's a little bit of, of what you can expect going forward for uh, Trechnopod in 2023. So each week, we're going to have two episodes for you. On Saturdays, we're going to drop an episode focused on our thoughts of the current Trek TV from the past week. Right now, that's Star Trek Picard Season 3. And on Tuesdays, we're going to drop a bonus episode devoted to our adventures as dads to young children called Boldly Dadding. That's what you're listening to and watching right now. So there's truly something for just about everybody. I love it. I love it. Now then. Let's get into our weekly mission to boldly dad like no dads have dadded before. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, so this week's uh, boldly dadding topic, one thing we're kind of changing is boldly dadding used to be just sort of like at the end of our episode, we would do a quick wrap up and we'd talk about what happened in the past week, uh, some funny story or some lesson we learned as dads uh, to our young kids. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I have uh, two children. I have uh, two daughters. One is uh, two and a half, and the other one just turned nine and a half months. She'll be she'll be ten months uh, in about a week. So, actually, I'm sorry, about ten days. Uh, so yeah, so that's my situation. And then Vactor, you have one son, and I forget how old is he again. Well, he has a very similar birthday, uh, March fifth, coming oh. up. He's going to be turning two, two, oh, two. That's exciting. Okay. Very cool. Very, very cool. Oh, you're entering the terrible twos. Oh, Don't remind me, Shaw. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, previously, like I said, we were just doing uh, general, uh, you know, updates. But going forward, we're going to provide those updates, but we're also going to sort of like feed them into a main topic. So, um, uh, Vactor, you go, ahead, you go ahead and go first. You tell me what was going on past week in your adventures of Boldly Daddy. Well, Shaw, I've had some interesting times with my son and specifically around bedtime, trying to get him to go to sleep um, a little bit earlier than uh, previously because he had been staying up later and later. And then I felt like he was wound up. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of still had a lot of uh, energy, um, hadn't burned off all the energy and we just had a hard time before it was very easy to set him down, give him a bottle, and then five minutes he's out. Now, within, I would say within the last two to three weeks, it's been much tougher getting him to go to sleep. And one suggestion that actually you gave me as we talked off microphone and during our hiatus was to kind of limit his screen time before bed and mm. so as to not get him rowdy up, you know, not get him riled up before bedtime. And that's what I've been doing, limiting an hour to two hours before bedtime, cutting off the screen time. So um, we're still in in the process of um, implementing that. It's the results have been kind of mixed um, as of as of yet, but still that 
sleep regression is just something that um, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but I know it's a, just yeah. a phase. It's so interesting. Sleep regressions are funny because you'll look them up online and you could put in any year. <laughs> like you could put in uh, or any amount of months. You could say, oh, my 10 month old. Oh, my 18 month old. Oh, my 24 month old or whatever. Like, and there is a sleep regression. <laughs> it seems like every month there's an, op- I guess, an opportunity mm. or a potential for a sleep regression. Um, I can say that uh, we've definitely experienced a little bit of that with our kids, but I feel like it didn't, they never lasted super long. Um, I feel like Ezra's sleep regression feels like a full fledged sleep regression, just based on what you've been sharing, how long you've been experiencing it. So uh, my heart goes out to you, to you and your wife for, for that. Cause it's tough. It is tough. We like our sleep and oh, yes. sometimes our kids don't let us have it. <laughs> well, also that's kind of our, our time together. You know, once he goes down, yes. that's when we're able to watch TV or we're able to have a date night or spend time together. Recently we are with him. And so by the time we get him to sleep, the other spouses asleep as well. So we haven't been having that time together. I know that all too well. Absolutely. Um, Well, it's funny that you bring up the aspect of screen time with, uh, with Ezra sort of like before bed and how it's hopefully working, uh, working itself out with assisting in better bedtimes and, and like more uh, I guess, deeper sleep um, with that Uh, for, for myself, um, one thing that we've been dealing with a lot of it, also a sleep regression thing for, for Sage, who's my youngest, she's at that developmental stage where she's trying to figure out crawling. She's getting pretty good about, you know, flipping from her stomach to her back and sitting up. She can do all that stuff. Um, and, but she has yet to really try to move her knees up underneath her so that she can start getting into a crawling position. She's starting to, but she's just not there yet. We know we're on the verge of it, but I think all these developmental things, plus she popped two additional teeth. So now she's got six teeth and two more look like they're on the way. So like eight teeth before she's 10 months old. Mm. Like that's, oh my gosh, just slow down, kid. Slow (laughs) down. But, uh, but because of all of that, you know, there's, uh, uh, Sage has been pretty needy and, and, and it's hard to just sit her down for a moment. She doesn't really chill out. So sometimes we need to put, we need uh, our other daughter. She needs to have something to do. And if I'm working and, uh, Sage is, is extra needy at that moment and needs mommy, then Emily, my other daughter needs to tend, needs to be able to have something to do. And sometimes we have leaned on screen time a little bit, uh, to help out, especially like while I'm cooking, um, she gets to watch a little bit of screen time. She doesn't get to watch it right before bed, but she does get to watch a little bit. And one thing that I've noticed is she, her behavior, if she has too much screen time and by too much, I would say maybe like more than a couple hours in a day, she starts to get really, um, really emotional. Like it, she goes, the spectrum of emotions, like she goes and experiences all of them very, um, intensely. Mm. And I find that it, the behavioral aspect of things is a definite byproduct of when you're just sitting sort of complacent, looking at a screen for that length of period of time. Like, um, 
And so I thought, uh, you know, I was talking with you and we were trying to figure out a good bully dadding topic. And I think screen time is probably a great place to kind of start off with with main topics, because a lot of people have a lot of things to say about screen time and uh, and what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. And, uh, you know, I did I did a fair amount of research um the other day and I was kind of like looking into stuff and you know, there's a lot of various sites that have plenty of opinions. I'll, I'll just, I'll read a couple of things that one thing that I've read and this is from the American Academy of Pediatrics, but they discourage media use except for video chatting media use, meaning, you know, uh, TV m- movies, internet, all that stuff um, by children younger than 18 months. So like that would mean like don't show them anything uh, if they're younger than 18 months. And if you introduce digital media to children 18 to 24 months, make sure it's high quality. Avoid solo media use, meaning that they're the only ones watching it, that you're not watching it with them. Uh, for children age two to five, limit screen time to one hour a day of high quality programming. Now, um, I think we can all say that that's a little hard uh, to do nowadays because you know, when we were kids, it was a little, I think it was easier to not have screen time because there, there wasn't as many screens, right? <laughs> there wasn't as many avenues for entertainment in that regard. Like, um, we had TV, sure. Uh, we had movies and we watched plenty of Disney movies, but, um, but I think, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all that no stuff. There was no on demand. It yeah. was, hey, if you miss Sesame Street, it's over. You're not going to see yeah. it again until the next time it airs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you had to tune in for that time. Or if your parents were, you know, wise enough to uh, have a VHS tape going right. and using the VCR to record something early, like... I guess we're showing our age. Yeah, here, we're old. Yeah. This is before TiVo. This is before any type of digital recording. I just said VCR. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and you know, I'm looking back and I'm thinking about screen time as a kid, and I'm thinking about you know what I want to uh, su- subject my my daughters to. And my, my oldest likes Frozen. She really likes the show, the movie Frozen. But really, what she likes is the song "Let It Go," and she really likes Elsa but she always asks to watch Frozen. And we occasionally, very, very rarely, will let her watch that. Most of the time what we'll do is go to YouTube and just pull up that particular Let It Go song Um, because that avoids all the scary parts Mm. of Frozen, which like that abominable snowman part, very tense, very, uh, very um, aggressive. And the the tension is high or how about like the chase scene with the wolves? Like there's, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I think that Disney movies overall, and I would say there's probably a few, you know, ones that don't, that just doesn't apply to, but by and large, Disney movies are inappropriate for kids. (laughs) They're too violent. Uh, their themes are too dark. They almost always involve someone getting killed or has already been killed. There is a lot that it deals with in terms of loss that, I mean, these are kids. These are ki- <laughs> like how many, uh, like in beauty, beauty and the beast, an entire city mob wants to kill the beast, kill <laughs> K I L L the beast. They're shouting it. They're all together. And it's in a song. It's called the mob song. And they're saying, kill the beast. And these are kids singing, kill the beast. Don't tell me that that doesn't have some kind of an effect on children as they're young, because if this is the first place they're seeing violence, 
if this is the per- first place they're hearing about death and killing someone or stabbing someone, like what are they going to do then in their own time and, and they're playing together? They're going to emulate that kind of stuff. They're going to get in fights. They're going to kick. They're going to punch. They're, uh, they're going to be aggressive. And, um, and also they don't necessarily have the mental wherewithal to know what they're watching and make sense of that or make understand that it's fake. I mean, how many little kids think that Disney princesses are real, right? Or they see them at Disneyland and they're like, oh my God, it's really the princess. Like if all of these characters are real to them, then doesn't that make the violence real too for them too? Like the explosions, all that stuff. Like Mufasa gets straight up murdered by another lion in the Lion King. Like these are not happy tales they have fun songs but by and large these stories are kind of dark and disturbing and uh i think a little bit damaging and and i'm very careful about disney movies with my kid what are are your thoughts on disney movies with the with your kids yeah well i think i said kids your kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah um for ezra um the only disney movies he's watched so far has been cars he loves cars and um, Encanto. He loves the music of Encanto. So okay. those are the two that he's been really exposed to. I think he has seen Frozen, but uh, that's not one of the ones that every day I come home and I, I'm hearing right. it over and over again. But um, what I've, the approach that I've taken more recently is showing him more. Uh, so there's Disney. And then there's Disney Junior. Disney Junior is more aged, um, or, or it's more preschool aged. It's, okay. it's more aimed at preschoolers. So I think for us in particular, that uh, programming is a little bit better. And I was actually, as you were talking right now, I was kind of looking up what are people saying about Frozen specifically. It looks like most of the parenting, uh, raising children networks and things like that, they're all saying five years is... Uh, the age five years and up is the age for frozen. Um, They're saying there's a lot of scary and disturbing scenes for children under five. So I think they, they might just the, the Disney movies themselves, they might be aimed at more of those like maybe five to 10 year olds or even 10 to, to 13 year olds, depending on the movie. But the, I think that's the Disney junior um, Mm, Avenue for, for more of these things, because I think you're right. A lot of the, the scary scenes in particular things, you don't want them to be having nightmares and uh, just being terrified, you know, in general, I don't want that for my son. Right. So yeah, specifically, I think the, I think it is good. And that's something that I never thought about before, before I was a parent of, Oh, that Disney movie is scary. I did. I, I, uh, you just thought, oh, it's Disney is for kids, right? But you think now that, that and they kind of they kind of market it that way too. But yeah, yeah Disney Junior, um, definitely that sounds like a, a more palatable uh, choice for like a toddler or something like yeah. that. Um, another movie uh, my daughter loves is Moana, and that movie for the most part is is fairly bright, except for the Taka moments with like the lava monster. Like those are pretty intense scenes, and and uh, they're. I mean, they're on the verge of getting killed like at any moment with this lava monster and, and the lava monster is scary looking. And, um, 
So I, uh, you know, th- th- she doesn't like to watch that part. So I have to have the remote in my hand very carefully because I'm like, quick, fast forward, quick, uh, change the chapter. You know, like uh, I don't want her to see that kind of stuff because it's going to affect her. And, um, you know, I think that in many ways people are like, well, you, you can't expose your child to, to screens, you know, if they're younger than this age. Or I'm like, I want to put I want to preface this for any parent listening. I'm not shaming you for for screen time or for using it. We all have to. Screens are not going away. It's a part of our culture. So it's more about having a very um, positive relationship with screens, one that is uh, makes it educational, beneficial. Um, and I think there are good shows out there uh, that that do a great job of creating the kind of programming that a kid should watch and mm-hmm. also that it's good to watch with them because then you can help reinforce the lessons that they're teaching. I think Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is a beautiful example of a great show um, that puts a lot of lessons to song, so it makes it easier for kids to remember. Um, I can say for with certainty, um, my daughter recently started daycare and... Uh, one thing that really works for her is knowing that grownups come back. Like the idea that we're dropping her off somewhere and then we're leaving and we're not coming back to pick her up for a while. I mean, kids don't have any concept of time, but, uh, you know, she knows that we're going to come back. And so I sing to her a, a song from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood where they go, grownups come back. Like, and, and then she is excited to see me when I pick her up and she's not, you know, concerned or worried that I'm not there during the day or that mommy's not there because she knows that we're going to come back and pick her up. So like there are, are benefits uh, when it comes to potty training or um, playing gently with your little kids. Like we've got um, a nine month old and uh, a two and a half year old and she needs to be played in a gentle way with with her younger sister. Like there's a lot of good lessons to be learned. And I think that some content out there is really good. Um, another one that, uh, we really like is, uh, is Peppa Pig is good in, in small doses. Um, I like that they're really small, uh, episodes, very easy to absorb. Um, my daughter's really into Pinkalicious right now. <laughs> uh, I don't think Ezra's probably watching that one, <laughs> but uh, she really likes that one. Um, Coco Melon every now and again, although I think sometimes Coco Melon might be a little too addicting. Um, just cause it's very super flashy and colorful. Uh, like they know what they're doing and it's just song after song after song. So it's a little, it's a little mind numbing in that regard. Um, and everybody talks about Bluey and I want to hear it from you because I have a thing about Bluey and I, I, it's not really founded with any kind of <laughs> experience (laughs) i've only seen like maybe five minutes of one episode but my issues with bluey was really just that it's hard to understand the the australian accents on the show and i think that makes for in my opinion that makes for a show that is i don't see how that would benefit a child if they can't understand what's being said, because if I can't understand what's being said and I know English, um, then I'm like, how could a kid get this? But I know that also there's plenty of nonverbal stuff that they can pick up on. Um, but what are your thoughts on Bluey? The My son actually loves Bluey and my wife loves Bluey. I come home oftentimes they're watching it together. I have gotten sick of the music because I've heard it so often now. <laughs> so... 
that's my current opinion of it is I really, I could go without hearing that theme song for the rest of my life and be okay. <laughs> Uh, People but, love that theme song, though. They, 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 I mean, I have listened to that a couple of times in the car. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, um, but from what I've from my from what my wife has told me, a lot of the uh, stories and a lot of the the way that the lessons that are taught in each episode, they're all great for young children. So I'm I'm going based off of my wife's review that it's good for. Ezra, uh, from what I've seen, it's been just the music that I just can't stand anymore. Mm, mm. Does he watch any uh, Miss Rachel? I've I've started showing yes. that to Emily, mm-hmm. uh, my my two year old, and she really likes Miss Rachel. She asks for her every yes. now and again, and I think that although I wish I could control a little bit more about like how they're grouping some of the content together, because it doesn't always feel oh, like it's. Right. Like Emily feels like she's a little bit older than some of the concepts that are being presented on Miss Rachel. Mm. And so I'm like trying to find the right episode for her to watch, but it's, I don't think it's very clearly labeled sometimes. So she sometimes ends up watching things, words that she already knows very well. Like it's uh, educational, but almost, I hate to say it, but it's like, lower than her intelligent level intelligence Mm. level so Mm. i I would rather her be you know be seeing things that are going to challenge her in the development not i don't know how to how do i put that but (laughs) um but yeah i mean overall miss rachel i think is great Um, i'm sure there's plenty of other stuff out there we just there's very few shows that we let her watch so um we've been pretty careful about that um if, if you're a parent and you're not sure what is an appropriate thing for your kid to watch. Uh, obviously, you can do standard Google searches, but there's a company out there called um, Common Sense Media. And if you go to their website, commonsensemedia.org, uh, what they will do is provide you with... Um, uh, basically, it's it'll give you information about what's appropriate age-wise, uh, what kind of things you can expect the show or app or whatever to have. And so it's a great way to sort of like screen things ahead of time. So... Um, I think that's really good. Um, I, I think probably the other thing I wanted to mention related to screen time is is touching on uh, a stat that I saw, and I thought this was really wild. Today, more than 30% of U.S. children first play with a mobile device when they are still in diapers. And, I mean, how, we can all probably say that we've that this has happened, right? Like a kid has grabbed our phone out of our hands or it's been sitting on the floor or on a table and they grab it and they try to take selfies with it. And we think it's the cutest thing, but like that's <laughs> them already accessing a phone at that age. I mean, how old were mm-hmm. we when we still, when we first touched a cell phone, you know, like it's a different, right. it's a different environment. It's a different generation. Um, yeah. And they see us with our phones. And so it's kind of hard to like say, Hey, no, you can, can't touch my phone. This is my phone, but like we're yeah. on our phone. So I think, and this is, a, this is definitely a lesson I need to do better about is to not have my phone out as much when I'm around my kids so that they don't get the wrong idea of what's important. Right. Um, yeah. So my wife actually brought that up exactly what you're speaking on where we looked up, Oh, what is the recommendation for screen time? And when we saw it was zero screens for the first 24 months, 18 to 24 months, my wife was like, yeah, that's, Whoever wrote that is not a parent. That's not realistic at all. Like, it's just very difficult 
um, to not have any screens total period sure. because we have Google homes around our house. There's when he goes to his grandparents' house, there's Alexa's and they play uh story time on Alexa and uh, there's preschooler games that they play when he goes over there. So it's just very difficult in our current in 2023 in our yeah. current society to not have any screens, like zero screens whatsoever. That's just very difficult. Totally, totally. Well, I think the the new buzz term right now is joint media engagement. So if you're going to give them screen time, interact with your child around the screen. So like mm. which, whatever you're watching, talk about it. Watch it with them. Help them understand the concepts. Um, and that will ensure that, first of all, you're subjecting them to stuff that is appropriate for them, but also that they're benefiting from it in a way that's not just them sitting very mindlessly watching something with just sort of like detaching and disengaging. I mean, we all need that screen time a little bit. Um, maybe we need to take a shower. Kid, kid can watch TV for like 20 minutes, right? Like <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's not going to destroy them as, as people. Uh, but I think that we probably can do a better job of in general of how much screen time we give them mm. and the benefit behind it. There was a study done like a decade ago um, from the University of Washington. It compared the results of a group of seven-year-olds, I'm sorry, seven-month-olds who interacted in real life with a Mandarin Chinese speaker and comparable groups who watched a DVD or just listened to audio. The groups who listened to the live tutor were quickly able to distinguish Mandarin sounds from English, while the other groups acquired no, recogn no recognition of the language. So mm -hmm. that just reinforces the importance of the face-to-face uh, communication and how it's not like that. There's no replacement for, for that interaction. Yeah. And I think you were talking about like Google homes or our phones and things like that. Another positive use of screen time is video chatting. Yes. Like, uh, especially in the pandemic, like our kids are pandemic kids. Like they grew up post COVID right. where we were stuck at home and you know, maybe, you know, you're around screens a lot more or whatever else. And you want to see your family, but you can't, maybe they're in quarantine or something. You want to keep them safe. Uh, and so you use Skype or you use uh, FaceTime or something, zoom. And those are great because that's interaction that you're, you're getting someone's face interacting in real time. So like, that's a great option for screen time, um, out there. But, uh, if it were me, I wish Disney would stop marketing to children because, Toddlers are watching their stuff and it's too scary. <laughs> so um, any final thoughts on, on screen time? Uh, I'm sure we'll come back to this topic plenty of times. There's so much to unpack and we're, we're trying to keep these episodes to like 20, 25 minutes. So um, there's no way we could touch on all of it, but there's a lot of stuff out there um, and we definitely are not, um, shaming any parents for putting their kid in front of a screen, just as long as you're doing it with the intention of it being educational, um, every now and again, entertainment and, uh, that it's purposeful and planned. And I, I would say everything in moderation yeah. doesn't matter if it's screen time or, uh, play time, whatever it is, everything should be moderated. There should never be something that it's unlimited, you know, free time or whatever it is. Everything, is good in, in a small dose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is the first like three years of life are the biggest for development. So like if you're just putting your kid in front of the TV, how much are they really gaining 
awareness of their body, awareness of everything else if they're just sitting sedentary, right? So like hands-on stuff, getting them um, like Montessori uh, toys and things like that. Love Every Company is awesome for that. So um, definitely there's there's a lot more uh, time that should be spent away from the screens so the development is at a high, a high point. We definitely know parents, and this is not calling out anybody, but we definitely know people who... Um, basically plop their kid in front of a TV all day long. They wake up in the middle of the night, they put them in the TV like, and watch, you know, endless episodes of Bluey and play video games with them in the room. And they're like staring at the screens while you're blowing up your, the characters. Like, it's just, it's not cool. It's not cool. And it's negligent to your children. So, Uh, do what's right for your children is really what I'm, I'm saying. Um, but with that in mind, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we would love to hear f- your thoughts on screen time. So please reach out to us on uh, ver- various social media. Um, we will have short, uh, short form clips related to this episode and others on um, TikTok and uh, YouTube and things like that. So please check us out at Treknopod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We would love for you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and TikTok. We're trying to build both of those channels up and really uh, create some uh, some nice content. And uh, and we'd love to engage with our listeners uh, and viewers. So please, please, please reach out to us on there. If you enjoyed what you heard, uh, we would love for you to rate us and review the podcast. It helps us grow. It helps us get seen by more people. And ultimately, that's the the goal, right? We want uh, we want to make a dent in the massive population of pods that are out there. So um, next week, we're going to continue our ongoing recap and review of Star Trek Picard season three. And of course, more boldly dadding adventures. Now with that, I believe our mission of the week is complete. Now boldly go and have a great week and live long and prosper. Woo.